into like you know all the real people films so i've been showing them stuff like oh, mighty cool. ducks and whatnot and uh heavyweights we watch that mm -hmm. uh, honey i shrunk the kids Classic. tonight but uh we've been looking on disney and i saw you know the luck of the irish and i remember that movie we can take him to smart house after that and then when he's older you can show him the third the final destination yep. or whichever one he's yep. in and i got brink you know <laughs> yeah. brink, johnny tsunami that's right. that's right those are all epic movies mm. wow yeah, man disney back Boys. in the day welcome to good lives golf another season look at us look at us what's going on hey. brendan and we got you know, special man. guest ryan merriman down there glad to be here yeah yeah they were just talking about being fathers and movies and uh what you let your kids watch and what time you know hey Man, we're on to D2. We saw D1. We're on that train. D1, D2, D3. Mighty those Ducks. Were, those movies were legendary growing up. Mm, yeah. Bob Bay. Emilio! And I was like... Dude, I had no idea for the longest time that, you know, he's Charlie Sheen's brother. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think anybody did. And I don't think anybody even really knew Martin Sheen was the dad. I don't think yeah. anybody really knew they were all family until kind of people said that. And they were like, oh. I think once the Tiger Blood came out, that's when everybody started connecting dots. At that's least our younger generation, because we're not fucking old as dirt. So we don't, we don't know these guys. We weren't born in 1955. So we don't know, you know. Exactly. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know who we don't know, you know. We're kind of like our fuck game. We don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly like our golf game. We don't know. Speaking of golf game, uh, that's why we brought this gentleman on. Ryan is a, uh, you know, shoots 24 under par every time he goes out there. So we brought him on. He's a world record holder. And, you know, we wanted to make sure we got what his juice was, like what he drinks every day to just go out and shoot crazy numbers like that so you're juicing so that's the secret huh well, yeah. i was hanging out with uh, what was it kim Jong-il or whatever you know he shot 18 so i tried to do 18 but you know i ended up 24 <laughs> no you just sat, you just settled <laughs> on 24 nice nice but it's awesome to have you on and and uh another season of good lives we're basically taking it more casual this time around we got the video component obviously you see our faces and uh Basically, just keeping it cash, more of a kickback, and uh, we'll get into some masters talk. But we're stoked to have you on. Ryan uh, has a lot of experience in golf, and was a superintendent of a very prestigious golf club. So has a lot of knowledge, fine knowledge of how to keep a course pretty clean. Smidge, smidge of knowledge. Yeah, maybe you'll share some of that knowledge because I, you know, what I really like that stuff on Instagram, and you see like the slow mo videos of them repairing holes and like real turf crew and those guys. That's magic. Yeah, if you don't do it in slow mo, it didn't happen. That's what they say. <laughs> I'm, I've yet to activate that. Then it's <laughs> that button. I don't. I don't. Yeah, unless you have a fancy iPhone, man, you don't have it. You don't have it, Brendan. Okay, just stop. Plus, you always got to have something cooler going on, like slit seating, air flying, anything like that where you're busting up the surface. It's always good in the anything. slow motion. Yeah. yeah. Is that, did you, you did a lot of filming in your day? No. You're like, fuck that. I was busy working. I wasn't filming it. <clears throat> I mean, when you could, you could, you know, like the, it's so convenient now that it's in the palm of your hand. So you could just cruise up in the golf cart behind these guys or whatever and then sling it onto Twitter. And then yeah. next thing you know, everyone's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and 
that's how the chatter begins and that's how the brotherhood begins and you start meeting other guys and learning their trade craft and try right, to bring, has bring it secrets. into yours yeah exactly for real yeah. thousand ways to skin a cat brennan spent some time on some golf course maintenance crews yeah back in the day not to not to the extent of you though man i mean i i, I kind of want to hear your story but yeah i used to work a little bit um on the onset of you know high school and then a little bit in college but at this course called elks run in cincinnati ohio um Beautiful. man it's kind of a hidden gem back in the day it was a top 10 public course in ohio it's not quite there anymore. Uh, long story, really interesting story. I could get into at some point here, but uh, kind of curious to hear a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. So originally from Pennsylvania, started playing golf when I was 10. And then, you know, you start, get to be like 15, 16. Parents are like, got to get a job. And I'm like, all right, well, I'd like to work on a golf course, but how do you do it? Right. So <clears throat> I had a nine hole, actually it was 18 and a nine hole. It was called Arrowhead Public Golf Course right down the street from my house. Walked in there, found the, the superintendent and the mechanic and just asked them, hey, can I, can I work here? And they were like, sure. You know, so I showed up <laughs> after school. I had to get working papers too because I, you know, I was too young. It's pretty easy. Did all that. You start out weed whacking and push mowing and all that jazz. And then when you get like... To start in the mornings, that's when you start cutting greens. And we were using old school Jacobson PGMs. Man, they don't make these things anymore. Favorite things to do right there. Yeah, cutting bananas. <laughs> but yeah, so <clears throat> arrows. started there and then spoke to a couple of people and they were like, you know, you can get an education in this as well. And there's a bunch of top tier schools, Michigan State, Penn State. You know, I went down south, you can go to NC State, anywhere. There's a bunch of schools that handle turf grass sciences or, you know, turf grass management, whichever way you want to say it. That thing says turf grass sciences next to me. The turf grass from... science sounds so fancy. Yeah, right. Exactly. And everyone's like, what is that? Ah, you just, just cut grass, baby. That's all it is. Different types of turf. Mm -hmm. The turf gurus. So I grew up down the street from like Mike DeHusky, and he's a He's a big dog in the industry. He runs Shelter Harbor in Rhode Island, number one golf course in Rhode Island. Wow, he's been yeah. all over the place. You know, he's at Marion. Took me to Quaker Ridge. So when I was in high school, instead of going to what they called like senior week, right? <clears throat> Everybody goes to the beach and has fun and makes mistakes. I went down to uh, Marion to be the youngest uh, full-time volunteer for the 05 Amateur. And then after that, he took me to do uh, my first internship at Quaker Ridge in Scarsdale on the Merrimack. Wow. Wow. And it, <clears throat> and it was a, uh, it was a huge experience. Like it was a gauntlet almost because Mike's, Mike's a hard ass, you know, and he wants everything done perfectly. And sometimes in the environments, you know, you never know how the weather's going to be. And it was a sticky, sticky summer that year. And we were growing polar greens and they weren't draining very well. And we ended up getting like pythium at one point because it just it was a rainy season. So you couldn't vent them enough to get the oxygen back down into the root zone and dry them back out. So sometimes, you know, we he'd come to the monkey house, as they call it, where all the interns and everybody's living for the summer. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, come with me. We're getting on the tractor blowers. We're going to start driving around these greens. And I'm serious. It's 10 o'clock at night. So that's like, because that's what it's happens. not like Caddyshack. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, playing through, you know. 
and so that's what it is when you're in this position you take the job home with you and you're always worried about the turf because everybody wants it perfect they want you to walk on water nothing can ever be out of place or out of shape and you know sometimes the tree's going to fall on a green and it's like can't stop that you know it can just clean it up and fix it isn't that crazy the expectation we have as like golfers like like leisurely we're, we're on all these courses and we we're just like a bunch of like fat potato chip eating fucking beer drinking like slobs being like yeah this, <laughs> this court like brendan knows me i'll fucking shit on it yeah. <laughs> i'm just like who am i who am i like i'm what a dickhead i am like somebody probably woke up at 3 a.m put his shoes on fucking did some hard days work before i was even up with my fat ass and i'm sitting here talking shit about the course conditions like i'm some kind of fucking good golfer dude that's why you gotta you gotta do your part man fill in the divots you know what i mean you gotta <laughs> oh, yeah because if you don't you're out there you'll have someone like me being like what, you know what's going on <laughs> like do your job but we'll, we'll fast forward quick so like <clears throat> What would happen when I'd be doing course setup? Because I cut the cups almost every every time it needed to be done. I was the guy doing it, even when I was a superintendent of East Hampton. And you would always have one guy. Like when I worked at Trump National Westchester, it was James Patterson, was the first, you know, the author, the first guy off the Love team. his books. Yeah, legend. And he's a uh, quick player. He was good, but sometimes he wouldn't put out. Like he would just hit the green and be like, good enough, send the caddy, go pick it up. And he'd start walking the next tee. So you're sprinting, trying to like stay ahead of them and cut fresh positions and everything else. So when I got to East Hampton, I made friends with the caddies and stuff. And the same thing would happen. You'd have, like there's actually a guy who would like speed walk through this because you know if you got a caddy, you got nothing on you, you can just do whatever you want. And so they would start to catch up to me. And so what I would do is I would cut extremely difficult pits. It's like that's the only way you can slow these people down. And it became like a little game of banter and whatnot. And eventually. It, when the round was finished, he's like, right, what's going on? And I was like, dude, what do you want me to do? I have to set this thing up and I'm trying to stay ahead of you, but you're, you're coming up my ass like the entire time. So you're lucky I didn't put it in the bunker. Okay. <laughs> Just to keep you at bay. So sling them in the back, tuck them up front, you know, near the false fronts and everything else. And eventually they figured it out because I told him, I'm like, look, you're going to get blamed along with your, your member player here for the rest of everybody that has to come out and play today. It's going to be on you because you, you wouldn't give me five minutes to get out of the way. And like, we're there in the dark, you know, You're usually out there about 90 minutes before any players. Yeah. So the fact that they can ever catch up to you, which is, it happens sometimes because when you're doing the, you know, when you're at the top, there's all different kinds of way to be a superintendent. Some guys like don't come out of their office or, you know, they just drive around. I don't know. I'm very hands-on. I needed to be out there with my men to, to push them and to like lead by example, essentially. So it's yeah. like, don't slow down. Let's go. And you can also correct situations on the fly when you see them. You know, if you see this guy's cutting bananas or leaving skips, you go over him quickly. Like, look, you got to cut this again. This is this. This is not cutting it, you know. Well, un- let's, I wanna, before you get into that specific, I want to just like set a tone here. So we're not talking about like your raggedy and golf club. Like the average membership price is what here? Uh, six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand dollars. So you know, if the course is an absolutely mint condition, you're gonna get a fucking earful or a boot in the ass. So mint condition. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's got to be pristine if you're paying that kind of top dollar to be at a golf club. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I was at Quaker Ridge, 
Then I went to Liberty National. You know, I was there in its like second year of existence before the shop was even built. We were just in tractor trailers and containers in the Dust Bowl. And then after that, Trump National Westchester, Hollywood Golf Club in Deal, New Jersey, and then out here on the east end of East Hampton. So yeah. I've seen all these different variations of high-end golf. Different, you know, it's mostly all been in the Met area because it's basically the mecca of golf, in my opinion. Right. right. But yeah, they're all the same. Everybody wants it perfect. And, you know, you either have bent grass greens or you got polo greens or you got the mix, you know, depending on how old the golf course is. Like East Hampton's only, it's going into its 23rd year. So we kept it pretty pure. We had fine fescue fairways. The only other one on the island that has that is our cousin course, uh, Friar's Head. So both courses were built by Bill and Ben, uh, Bill Core, Ben Crenshaw. Yeah. And they just chose to do like the links. They wanted it like that. Use the fine fescue mix in the fairways. Providence bent grass on the greens. And East Hampton's like a small plot of land. And uh, for what they had to work with, they really shined to make two different nines. You know, the first seven holes were links. There's no water, but still it's flat as a board. And then you get into the parkland style, up and down undulations of the trees. I mean, to, to be honest, it was one of the most fun places to, to work, to play, compared to all the other ones. Uh, Liberty was the biggest. I mean, that place had like seven miles of car paths. It was insane. <laughs> like, and they were all, they were all, uh, they were pavers. The whole How thing big is was... the crew in, in an operation like that? And what does it take to run an operation like that? Like, it, like that kind of course when it's, when it's that big? So he's probably got 30 guys. You know what I mean? It's standard for something like that, considering he has big time tournaments. Right. You know? But most do, of the do time, you guys ever bring like contract work in as well? Depends on what you're doing. You know, like for us, we never had any big tournaments like that. The town would never allow that to happen. So, but if you're going to have yeah. a, a big tournament like at Liberty, yeah, you're contracting people in, you're setting things up. You need so help. Like, like 30. So let, let's take that example i mean how many guys you bringing in what does the crew you know get up to like for us for masters so when the volunteers come do you have like 200 yeah i was gonna ask transitioning to the masters like it's coming up this week i mean we're right there the masters week it's crazy i mean what is yeah. that operation like brennan said like it's got to be what 200 people like that's got to be a nut show two or three hundred for sure you know and it's mostly superintendents uh, that's why they do so well and i mean there's a there's a variety a lot of sales and everything else if you're lucky enough to get invited into it too it's just like the lottery system as well you know you don't sure. always get accepted you can come down and help especially like right. if they fill up to like if they're a capacity for it they're like you know don't bother we, you know we got enough bodies and it's but such yeah. a prestige that you don't even care you just want to go down there it doesn't even like matter you're like i'll work on yeah. that course if they don't fucking pay. if they if i have to pay to work on that course i'll go do it if i get the chance yeah, yeah, like my buddy Mike, he was, uh, I think he was sitting on like the sixth green with a blower. That was his job to blow, you know. Anytime there was a space or gap in between players, get the debris off and people would like cheer him on. <laughs> <laughs> so is that like just 24-7 around the clock or like how does that work? A little bit. Like the main guys of the crew, the head assistants and stuff, the assistants, yeah, they're going to have the law and the superintendent. They're going to have the longest days and the least amount of sleep. The volunteers, like when I did the 05 amateur, what it was is you woke up at three, you were on the bus by 3, 3.15, and you were at the shop by 
and by 345-4, you'll be being given your like directions, depending on what you were doing. Like at that age, I was raking bonkers, which to me, that's the greatest job. If you get to go to a tournament, rake bonkers, <laughs> money. Because it's not, you know, there's not a lot of stress. You know, maybe they want to tell you, oh, we're using leaf rakes, we're making lines. They'll tell you when you're in the fairway bunker, you're going with the fairway towards the green. And same thing, like if you're on a green side bunker, you got to, you know, you're not going to rake it off the side. You're going to rake it up towards the flag and everything else. Let's, stupid little things like that, the niche. But it, I think you would finish around eight or nine, you know, you were kind of out there, like the players would be behind you, but you never really saw them. And then you'd have a break for a couple hours, watch play. Some guys went back to the hotel and slept. Like I slept on an air mattress in the, in the maintenance tent and then uh, walked around, watched the players, went to the shops, bought things, ate food. And then you come back in basically experience, man. Yeah, like three, yeah. four, and then they either do a whole nother mow of the entire property. You're not really messing around with bunkers. Like we were patching divots in the afternoon at that point, and there's plenty of them. You basically go out with guys like 25 shoulder to shoulder, and everybody's just got a bucket of seed and usually green tinted sand so it doesn't show up on the cameras as easily. Huh. And there you go. Try to make everything smooth, find every imperfection. Tinted sand. Ah, that's how they, I've always wondered visually how they did that. Yeah, that seems mm -hmm. easy enough, right? Green tinted yeah. sand. Or you could be like, like at Augusta, they're nuts, where on the par threes, they actually plug out the divots. So they'll go to their nursery, which is just like an offsite location somewhere on the property that has the same contiguous grass as being grown. And you have like, you'll have a hex plug or, you know, it, it's usually a hex plug. And they literally plugged them out so the turf canopy looked perfect the next day on camera. Instead of you'll see on certain events where they keep moving the guys back, and you can see how everything in front of it's blown to shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, question on like knowledge base, like do some of these professionals, like especially like it's different when you're at different courses, but especially at a place like Augusta, that's so prestigious, and there's so many different people that have like you know, taking care of it and played with it. Do players have like that inside guy that they can talk to that works there that they know that's like, all right, man, what are you going to do this year? Like, what do you, you know, like, do they, do those guys exist? Like, does that, there's got to be insider trading. There has sure. to be insider trading with like Augusta secrets pre yeah. it's just existed for too long. Right. Like, yeah, like crazy? Definitely. No, not at all. You know, like Brad owns a super, so <clears throat> everybody it's loves a Brad. Community too, yeah. And there's plenty of people like the, they get to go down there early too and do practice rounds. So that's when they, they get all their, right yeah, now. they get their right. books styled in and all that jazz. And if they've done it year after year, like they made a few changes this year, like the course is like, I don't know, 45 yards farther, you know, they adjusted a couple of holes. Sure. Yeah. Like and they, that's, they can figure this out. Like they go out two, three days in a row. They're like, I'm good. And when they're out there putting around, they already know where the locations are going to be. So you'll see guys like putting to a random spot on a green. You're like, what the fuck's he doing? You're like, oh, that's that's where the pin's going to be on Saturday. All right. Wow. All right. Okay. But yeah, if they, they everybody has an inside track to the information for the most part down there. They don't. You know, there's no real way to keep it secret. Right. Yeah. Wow. But, and and like so many of those hole placements have become like iconic too right so mm -hmm. why mess with that you know you know sunday location on mm -hmm. the uh par three you know is going to be kind of the 
back leftish or middle left. Yeah. On the under tier. So, I mean, you can't mess with that. You know that. Yeah. And they can't, you know, there's a whole committee of guys out there with stint meters, tape measures, and all this stuff, making sure that whatever locations they pick aren't going to cause like controversy during the thing when it's on TV. Like, remember Shinnecock, what is it, the seventh or eighth green? the par three years ago where they had it too dried out and nobody could hold the green. And then yeah. they, had the guy, they yeah. had the guys out there watering it, trying to keep, you know, trying to keep it, yep. you know, slow, slow it down. That's Kepco what they're trying to right. avoid. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're trying to avoid. So basically once they find these locations, they're never going to change. You know, they'll, they'll always be Sundays. Always. Like you said, Tiger top reds. Red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tiger reds. Speaking of the masters, man, I mean, you know, your knowledge of golf's pretty vast. You got some some uh, predictions, some some hot picks, some some insights. God, I've never been good at that. <laughs> never been good at picking. I feel the same insights. way, dude. I feel the same way. Like you can feel so good about your picks, and then you know the complete opposite happens. Yeah. The amount of time we spent dudes. last year, Brendan. The amount of time that me, Zach, and Brendan spent last year, just like carefully curating these picks and doing so much research and so much shit, and then our picks would just get slaughtered some weeks and we'd be like, what are we do? Why are we even researching? Why don't we just pick out of a hat or go hokey pokey and pick a number? You know, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> There's just so many factors to it. Yeah, you know I mean? it's impossible. So many factors. I you think feeling, you're covering them, but you're not. I have a feeling it'll be good TV if the live guys are in contention with the guys like speed and uh, Thomas and, you know, McElroy and all that stuff. Because that'll that'll create a stir, and everyone will be like, you know, yep. uh, they're they're you know these they betrayed us, you know they betrayed us. Well, is it so? Is there's it, already a stir. Oh yeah, yeah. There's already been like shit kicked up. Obviously, the last six months has been such a riot. I mean, I, for most people that are tuned into golf, people are pretty familiar with the live situation, but it's only gotten more tense. And this is the first real tournament that wasn't like a DP World Tour event or something like that. This is like the first major right this is the first major since live yeah like since the real development of like all these players signing right this is like the first real major shot yeah yeah but i mean to your point though like cam smith is coming right kapka kapka's won two tournaments out of the last six he's played in. he's playing pretty well but who's he playing against i guess um but I don't know. I think it's it's going to be really good for the sport. And Kepka also said a lot of the stir that's happening is media created, which makes sense. I mean, he said he's down in Jupiter playing with a lot of the other guys, JT, Spieth, whatnot, in Jupiter, Florida. But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, is it me- media driven, like much sure. much of everything else? It's, it's, I'm sure it's probably media driven. I would guess. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I'm sure there is like players that have like clearly there's legacy players that are a little more roughed up about it. Like you could I tell, like Tiger's McElroy pissed. has a little bit more tightening in his pants there, and his tidy whities are a little more tight than the others. But there's a couple guys I think that are a little more like, eh, you know, about it. Billy Ho. There's a couple guys that are pretty vocal, but you know right yeah no i feel that but they're still it's, friends like you said they're still chummy with all these guys and they still hang out and play golf and do whatever so a lot of it's it hard is not to be i mean if a lot of these guys <clears throat> have known each other for 10 13 years you know so you can only hang out with pat perez so long before you got to start hanging out with your old <laughs> buddies again you know 
exactly. Yeah, like what uh, I saw that what Bryson said that uh, Tiger doesn't text him back anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, hey, Bryson's a nice guy, but I mean, I don't know. Would you? It's the cleats. Would you text him back? <laughs> the spikes. <laughs> cleats. They finally swashed the beef. Apparently, the since we've been back here with the uh, Bryson Brooks Kepka beef mm. is a, a, apparently squashed. Yeah. Speaking of beef. I was thinking about this earlier. You guys have any like off the top of your head meals that you would prep if you were a Masters champion? Elio's pizza? Whatever you want, man. I would definitely have steak for sure. No doubt. It'd be filet, filet mignon easily. Lobster tail, mashed potatoes or something. Keep that shit American. Keep Send it simple. It. Send good, it. Good flavor. That sounds pretty dank. I'd probably go with the steak too, but I'd probably do like a, a T-bone or a rib. No, I'd get ribeye probably. Nice ribeye. Mashed potatoes to your point. Have you ever had maybe coffee? A, maybe co- a dank key lime pie, like flown in from, from uh, you know, the key. From, from key lime? From key lime. Wow. wow. Or maybe I'd have to go, since it's the Masters in Georgia, a little peach crumble, something like that. Yeah, they ran out of the ice cream sandwiches last year. They almost caused a riot. The sandwiches, yeah. Best steak I've ever had was Kona crusted, like coffee crusted, from the Capital Grill. If you haven't had it, mm. dabble because it'll change your entire perspective on what's supposed to be seasoned on a steak. Sounds dang. Hey, Gives you a little tickle too, huh? Ah, love mm-hmm. some coffee. So that's a good, it's a good tip. Wow. I would personally, if I was doing the Masters dinner, because they do it beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. So. I would just do like the biggest, gnarliest, like heaviest Italian feast. And then I would just eat like a fucking salad. That way they're all feeling like dog shit the next day and they can't play good. And then I'll just freeze Freezing right past, tiptoeing. <laughs> Those mind games. I wonder if they actually, like, if that is something that they think about. You know what I mean? If they're the guy who wins is like, okay, I was a previous champion. How do I get a one up on it? Matsuyama's like, watch how not fresh this seafood is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. Frozen, frozen fish sticks. <laughs> Everybody's having sushi. Hey, man, those things are dank in the air fryer. I love those. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, you're your dad, so you automatically own an air fryer. I forgot. They, that's like a combo pack. When you have kids, they get you with the air fryer next right away. Dude, I love the air fryer. It's changed my life. One of the best tools to have in the kitchen, to be honest, because you can do anything with this thing. You know, I do a lot of cooking, but if you like, if you're trying to get a bunch of things done, and you're like, "All right, I'm gonna chop the vegetables, hit them with a little olive oil, salt, and pepper, and throw them into the air fryer." Some asparagus in there. Bam, dude. My dad's a big fan Fire. of the air fryer. I'm not so much a fan. I'm I'm uh I'm I'm more of a oven or sauté kind of gal. Your gal, all right? Yeah, that's good too. Yeah. Look at that hair, dude. Yeah, the hair got long over the last season Fucking there, guys. Last season it was about here. Now we got about here. Like bring a brush out. Like Giant's Bane. Giant's Bane from the uh, Game of Thrones, baby. Repping the Apple Valley Golf Club here, the famous Apple Valley, where I shot 17 under the course record, I think it was. Famous. <laughs> famous. Yeah, something like that. Brendan was there. It was great. That was a shit show. That was awesome. Wish I hadn't been. Watch that game. 
Yeah, that was ugly. We were all the well, two of the kids that showed up actually uh, took too many edibles and they wound. <laughs> Brendan, I don't know if Brendan can tell this story a little better than I can, but dude, that was the wildest round of golf I've ever had in my life. No, I, I, I would tell the story. Let me hold that story, though. Let's get back to the Masters a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, back to the Masters. The big event this week, right? Unless. I feel like if I could choose a golfer that I am the most confident with winning the Masters, and I said this a few months ago, I said that it was Rory, and I still think I'm going Rory because I think he's so fired up from this live shit, and he's so fired up with all these, like, other golfer i think he just wants to win so he can like have his ego put on a little shelf and and you know be done with it i think he because if he wins the masters he that's like ultimate bragging rights he can he can then close the book and be like my fucking career's like what's up like who's gonna say whatever after this like you know what i mean like you can't yeah i mean that's the missing link he's gonna close the book and be like okay talk your shit live i'm out like whatever (laughs) uh i'll see your green jacket you know I see him. A hell of a round last year. Yeah, him and Scotty Scheffler. Those two at the top. Doesn't you it, like those? Doesn't it blow your fucking mind that Scotty Scheffler is 26 years old? What blows yeah. my mind is that he's good. <laughs> just the how incredible his swing is with For his 26. Feet, it's just like he just strikes the shit out of the ball. I stand there, think I have like good technique. I can't hit the shit out of the ball at all. Got that Benjamin Butt disease. I thought he was 40. That's what I'm saying. He like, he, first of all, he looks head. older, and he's like six three, so he's a big dude, you know. So it's like you don't think of Scotty as like this 26 year old kid, but dude, when I when you find out he's 26, you're like, this kid's he's a child. Like, this kid was winning golf tournaments as a fetus, like straight up baby, <laughs> like suckling teat, winning golf championships. Like, what? It, it's crazy, dude. The the guys there right now, man, around that age. I mean, we got we got a good pool. Cam Smith's going to come in swinging, swinging. You would think so. Beautiful hair. Yeah, he does have some nice locks. <laughs> we are American big trailer. We are big Cam Smith fans, though. Yeah, he's our boy. That's our boy. Love me a little Cam. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. He he really he just brings like that the energy that's needed for the future of golf cam is that golfer like for for them to excite the next generation of young golfers yes scotty is obviously an influence because look at him he's like the perfect person you know like just absolute america he's like captain america you know what i mean like perfect example human being but then there's cam who's like the fucking aussie down under rough and cut doing all this like crazy shit and like acting all you know, like he doesn't give a shit about anybody. That was the worst Australian accent ever. I'm so sorry if we have Australian listeners. Um, but yeah, that was just uh I just feel like that's his thing. He's like, that's the new attitude of golf, is like the way Cam Smith kind of comes off. I don't know. Dude, to change gears a little bit, but still talk about Augusta. Do you realize that that whole place for the most part, besides the greens, is Bermuda? And they oversee the entire place with perennial ryegrass to make it because otherwise, you know, this time of the season down there, it wouldn't be woken up, essentially. That's why right. they have to do all that overseeding and make it slick willy looking all vibrant and green. For a long time, I didn't know that until I got into the industry. And I was like, what? You it know? makes it heavier, right, for them to hit through yeah. slightly? Yeah. Is, is that they, how when they had it in the off season a couple of year or a few years ago, 
is that how they had the change so quickly because there were pictures that were like you know i guess leaked mm -hmm. just a couple weeks before the tournament itself and it was brown everywhere and then yeah. all of a sudden bam it was augusta green yeah like p will grow on concrete you know and it's one of the fastest germinating species of grass out there looks like a lot of guys mix it in you know on a bent grass tea i would never do this because i don't you know i didn't like how it looked when it contaminated tea but if you want to have something fill in fast you put perennial ryegrass in there but the thing is is like they have an unlimited budget you know what i mean it's it's a it's basically a movie set down there for the pga like that's their sure that's their bread and butter that's every year that's their like best movie franchise that's the biggest tent picture you know well and and they own their own rights right like they don't have to you know they're not like all the other tournaments where they're giving their money away essentially they get to keep everything they're their own entity yeah and the place is like a science experiment like the greens have these sub airs and stuff which pull water they can push air you know they're also air cooled so they control the temperature of the root zone down there like if it's too hot that way they can keep everything dialed in for the week that it needs to be dialed Wait, in. Get out of here. There's temperature controls on the root systems. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So think of it like Lambeau field, you know, how they, they basically have like hot water tubes underneath the surface. And mostly that's to prevent injury for the players on the first. Right, so it's not concrete. Yeah. So it's the same type of, you know, idea but a little right. bit different down there. But yeah, they're shooting cold air through the root zone. So they get the best performance out of the green. They can keep it rock hard without it like burning up as quickly as, you know, as they don't want that to happen. Like I remember a couple of years ago, Augusta didn't look too hot. It, you know, it was all smoked out and burned up. And so they made a couple of changes, but like after the tournament's over, they pull the shade covers out, they cover up the greens, you know, they baby the place. They actually, they kill all the P.R.I. you have to, because that's the only way to allow the uh, Bermuda to come out of dormancy correctly. Right. It's a lot of money. Man, It'll choke insane. it out otherwise, and then you'll yeah. just be stuck with the operation, other shit. Dude. Yeah. And, like, the pro at East Hampton, who's now the GM, was the head pro at Augusta. And yeah. like, he would tell us in owners' meetings, like, oh, you know, we brought in 47 tractor trailer loads of sod and you're like like hey, there's like 12 pallets of sod for tractor trailer you know you could do the math on that it's like what the hell are y'all fixing where's that go that's the thing that's like, like you're talking about biggest lawns ever and then fuck that even more i mean i can place. see courses i play at come in with that hole after me but damn where do they put all that shit <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i can make some I'm just like i can make enough beaver tails up yeah so it's it's an insane like operation from a cultural maintenance standpoint. A lot of things got to get down. They actually they put bags of ice beneath the azaleas, so they don't bloom. Like if it's too hot and they're going to bloom, they cool off the soil with bags of ice to prevent them from opening up too early. Essentially, ah, uh, but they changed the date though. They made it they made it earlier, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah. There's all this weird trade crafts science in the soil it makes sense though because that like you said this is like the super bowl of golf so they need to make it visually perfect it needs to be mm -hmm. everything once the tv cameras are on that place needs to look like disneyland for golf and that's it it needs to look like fantasy island and yeah and there's a filter on the, the camera game. you know there's that green filter on the camera that always makes it look insane too you guys were kids i mean i don't know even 
I didn't play golf as a kid growing up. Like I went to the driving range with my dad every once in a while. He wasn't a golfer. He just did like driving range. We would go and whatever after like a, a dinner or something, we'd go hit swing. But it's crazy to me. I, I never loved golf, but the, the Augusta music and, and just like the look and like the, everything of the masters when I heard it on TV with my uncle or my dad would watch it during Easter or whatever it was. I was always so happy. I don't know. It was just like such a good memory. It was nostalgic and it made me like golf. Like that mm-hmm. was, I distinctly remember that was the one time where I was like, wow, I really like golf. I like watching golf and that, and it was never any other time besides when it was the masters. And that was like this perfect, like fairy tale almost when I was a kid and I still didn't golf, you know? Yeah. That's the illusion that they, I mean, not that it's truly an illusion <clears throat> because from what I've heard is it, it still feels that way when you're there in person, but that's like the picture that they create, you know, the experience they create. It's such a big draw to your point. It, it is the Super Bowl. I mean, there's other majors. There's also the, you know, quote unquote, the fifth major with the players. Sure. But I just feel like you get all walks of life get, like, get drawn to that tournament, you know, to watch it that week. And I think it is just that that picture of perfection that you get on the TV. It really is. Yeah. And, so I said Rory. That was my pick. Who's Brendan's pick? Man, I don't know that I have. I don't know if I have a pick per se, but I like I like a couple sleepers. Ooh, I like sleepers. Tell us your sleepers, Brendan. I don't know that this guy's going to win, but I just like him. I know he had a, a couple nice rounds last year, too, and he, he had a, a close but not so close when uh, earlier this year, but Minwoo Lee, I think he could be sneaky. Yep. And then um, Spieth, I don't know. His game seems to be turning around a little bit. His putting was was not there at the WGC, but I feel like his his iron play and his driver looked pretty good the last couple of tournaments he's been playing in. And we yeah. know his past at this course, right? So when you know, know Augusta makes it easier, I'm sure. Well, I mean, you see that with some of the older guys, like, I think Jason Day could be a, a bit of a sleeper too. He's been playing well this year. He's been saying he's healthy. His game seems to be coming back a little bit. He started so, playing well at the end of last year. He had some magic. Yeah, he was kind of carryovers there. Yeah, he was starting to fire it over. And if he can, and he and he's carrying over to this season. So that means positive stuff with Jason Day. That's you know that's something we haven't seen in a while. Consistency. For sure, for sure. And then yes. I don't know. Well, Zalatoris. Uh, Two years in a row, he's been right there. Can his putter, though, Augusta and the greens, we all know the biggest thing about Augusta is around the green work. And that's Mm -hmm. why everybody's fading guys like, you know, Victor Hovland this week and stuff, because he's not the best around the greens guy. It's like a lot of people are fading these around the green golfers. And I don't blame them because, like Ryan, you know, they these greenskeepers, man, these superintendents, they're out to get these guys. You know, they want to make sure it's hard and it's the – prestigious masters and it's this and that too they don't want to make themselves look like chumps and can you speak on that like what the prestige is of that and like how they feel and how they take it like is it such a level of that you know what's the mindset is it like oh, i just want to do a really good job make it look great or is it like i want no, that but i more so up. just want to fuck them up we want, we want you to suffer <laughs> like if you even just take it to the simple level like that i have like club championship and all that stuff fuck you guys you're going down you know especially if they've been giving you shit all year you know this guy you know if you can put out a good product the entire time but you still have people that are dicks and you're like okay you know 
you're going to earn it today. And I'm going sure, to make sure I'm you sure. put off the green. So that's me. I don't appreciate any any great amazing. I, I just I take if Sherman I, if to my game a, sucks a, that day. I'm just one of pissed. the better courses, public courses, like in the Cincinnati area, um, if not the best. And yes, it was the off season. It's like January in Cincinnati. We just so happened to get a 40, 50 day, you know, degree day. And he's just complaining the whole time. <laughs> the course was like honestly fine. Like, yeah, it was kind of janky in some areas, but like it it was totally fine. I was just like miserable having the worst day of golf. And I was just blaming every possible leaf. Dude and... showed up without any golf equipment, not even shoes. So he's just wearing regular shoes. They're getting wet because it, it rained the, you know, days before. Was soaked. It was he's, just like he's like pissed off that it's cart path only. He's like, when it's soggy out, that's when you should you should be able to use carts. And I'm like, dude, you're a fucking idiot, man. That's power how you mess up power sliding everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, right. a, yeah, no, I was just so angry. I was just so frustrated on the day. I felt like, you know, John Daly not having a cigarette for 12 hours. I felt very frustrated diet coke yeah 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 like we'll double cut double roll shut the water off you know you put a couple of growth regulator micronutrient packages out you know micronutrients mostly just supply a good color shot if you want to get away from like plant physiology and everything else but they actually do you know with uh photosynthesis and all that jazz but yeah you try to make it brick city you know, because half these guys are liars anyway. They're like, yeah, I shoot 75 every time I'm out there. And then when they go do this, they're 105. And you're like, what happened, bro? You know, I thought you were thought you were going to have it. There's so <laughs> much BS in the, in the world never I'm learning. I'm learning all these guys <laughs> that, like, always say, oh, what's your handicap? They're like, oh, I'm an eight. You're like, no, you're not. not. Like, no. you're not. Like, I suck, but I admit I suck. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm probably like a 20-something maybe more like i'm you know i'm i'm a good decent handicap i'm pretty shitty but like don't be the guy that says you're an eight and then shoot fucking 40 over par like me then you just look like a mm -hmm. dipshit yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 the guy probably you know brad owens he's trying to put on the best show that he can but yeah he wants it to be like not everyone's suffering but he wants to pay like people to be switching positions. Like no one should just be going in there and blowing it out of the water like Tiger did for all those years because he was just so freaking good. Yeah. You know, it should be like somebody should be on a roll and then the nerves maybe set in and they, you know, they falter and then the next guy moves up. It's almost like a Formula One race for the jostling for positions. Like that's how the superintendent wants it to be. He wants it to be where you're almost shooting even. Best case scenario over par you know like steve rabbit who wingfoot kicked ass the last time it's like he's got like well i don't know what the winning score was, was even plus, plus one, one minus one yeah, yeah it's like that's what you want it's so fucking hard <laughs> that yeah. even the greatest golfers in the world are struggling to complete the course you know and at the end of the day you want them to be fucking exhausted not only physically but mentally so when they got to come back the next day they're like fuck <laughs> you so, know right. so do you and guys, like, yeah, pick switch. a number that you're, like, kind of aiming for? Eh, not really. Or it's, or it's more so just, like, you just want to make it as hard as possible, chips fall, fall where they may. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah. if, we could, if we could pick a number, it would be even or, you yeah. know, worse. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We don't want anybody shooting the lights out because then you're like, it's too easy. 
You know what I mean? Right. Now, what is that so, switch like if it is kind of easy? Like if it is like if, it, if you do get that easy day where some guy just kind of lights it up, like is it all of a sudden all hands on deck? Everybody, you know, change course and there are everybody switching directions and going crazy, switching things for the next day? No, nah, not really. You'd just be like, that guy's a freak of nature. No, <laughs> that's about it. What about some of those other like resort style course, you know, tournaments like Putukana or, you know, something where you see the score is pretty low? Is that the is that how they make it or is it just it's an easy course sometimes it also could depend on weather you know like say they had the whole place bricked out and it was going to be like a gauntlet and then it fucking poured so now the whole place is soft and everybody can go pin seeking and there's nothing right. you can do because it takes days for the place to you know dry back out right. you're just you're strapped in that's all you can do and so from that that's when they're just double cut and double rolling as much as they can to make it as hard as they can, but those guys are so fucking good, you know. I, I think tournaments like that too, especially like Punta Cana. I think some of those, like they are making them a little easier to bring the field in a little more. And and now I think you know, I mean, especially tournaments like that, like the more B level or the more kind of not the A level tournaments or like the B roll kind of stuff. They're kind of making these easier, so these younger guys, these corn fairy guys, can have a better shot too. You know, that's why you never see all these corn fairy guys do any good in the real bigger, sicker courses. Because I feel like the ones they kind of work them into slowly aren't as intense as, you know, some of the ones they're getting hit with when it's like a level. You know. Yeah, like what was it, the President's Cup or whatever? Whenever they played in France, right? Europe's a lot different compared to us. You know. You could get to like St. Andrews, browned out, baby, old school, minimal furt, like just let the let the topography and the land, whatever happens, happens. Because the weather I'm headed there. out there in September. Nice. Start. Yeah, but it's like the, the sun never comes out, right? It's always overcast and cold. So everything's fescue and everything's different. And then over here, depending on the locations, it's like we try to make it as hard and as fast as we can, but like when they were at that, that like I think it was like France, French National, whatever it was called, they had the greens rolling at like 10, 10 and a half feet, and they were cool with it. And the place was beautiful. It was vibrant green and everything else. And if you watch videos above before it, they were doing all kinds of tactics to make sure that if they did have a rainy season or a shot during the tournament, that the place would drain. So they were deep tining and backfilling these channels with sand and everything else to make the property function correctly. But at the same time, they were like, we don't really care about them rolling 12. You know, like, if you guys are that good, you can figure out how to make the putts if the greens are a little bit slower. And that's what's right. kind of cool when, they, like, depending on where you are or who the superintendent is or who's running the show, where it's like, no, we don't really give a shit about the stamp meter. You know, no one cares like I, uh, my stint meter sat in my office. I never pulled that shit out. It was the most annoying thing ever. Well, what are they rolling? I don't fucking know. They're quick. How's that? <laughs> yeah. You know, what do you yeah, care? You're not, you're, you're not going to make your putts anyway. Cause that's all. <laughs> all right. Well, it's comforting you know, to know. <laughs> that's a general slow. thought of <laughs> I'd be like, they'd be like, they're slow. And I'd go out there and I'd drop the ball next to them with my janky putter out of my cart and drain it and be like, what's the deal? That's like, awesome. Like I've been watering greens. I haven't. I'm not even warmed up. Not playing. I'm not in the zone at all. And you've been playing this golf course every day all summer. How can you not figure this out? So Augusta, they do take some heat. So that's so. So the, the golfers are actually they're trying to mess their day up. That's good to know because I always thought they would be, and and it's good to know that they're actually kind of doing that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. 
That's right, man. You didn't That's tell us who dream. your prediction was, though. You didn't say who you got. I'll go with Scheffler. Why not? You're going to go Scotty. Scotty Scheffler. All right. Somebody pick Scotty. I mean, he's he's playing really, really well. It's just Scotty I, I like him. Smooth and steady. Yeah. I like him, too, man, honestly. I mean, he played he well so here well. last last year, obviously. But he's been on another run this, this season. He's he doesn't look like he's slowing up down. Top fives. But isn't it crazy to see, like, the difference, like, with Tiger? It's like Tiger did this shit day in, day out for, like, and he's back over a decade. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, crazy. Yeah, so is he good Dude, to go? He is he, like, ready? percent win rate. Like, Rom and them only have an 11, 10, 11. And he did it over a much longer period of time. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, unreal. He he's, basically he's good had to go. Three of the best careers. If you chopped up his his entire career, he's got three of the best that's ever lived or played the game. Right. Now he's good to go for the Masters. Yeah. Locked and loaded. Yeah. Like he, like there, injury man. meaning like like I know he's playing, but like is he is he designated? Like has he been saying things about his injury status? Has he commented on the? condition yet i think it's a lot of the same you know a lot of the same he's just gotta his people got him gotta get him ready after every round ice bath warm eat sleep workout keep it warm does he still get to ride in a cart no i don't think so he gets to get hit and ran over by a cart oh no that was (laughs) sorry sorry i'm flashbacks that was See, that'll play into it, you know, because he's all jacked up from his injuries. You can see how, like, exhausting it is for him to just... That's the thing that sucks, though. Like, you can see that, like, there's still glimpses there. If he had time, if he wasn't at, you know, the elder stage of his career, you would think he could potentially work his way back. But what he needs is time, and that's also what he's running out of. Right. He just needs to be there, though, because that's the best thing. Like, he was always the best thing that ever happened to golf. So wherever he's just present, it's always a win for them. So as long as he's there, it's good enough. Agreed. I will say, dude, at the Genesis, he hit the ball really well. Yeah. So I don't know, man. So if he can make it through four rounds and be all right energy-wise, you never know with him, man. So the final thought of the podcast is all three of us think Tiger is winning the Masters? Wouldn't take it home. (laughs) <laughs> wow, that's our combined thought here on Good Lies Golf to close it out. All right, we all signed off on it. Yeah, Tiger Tiger Woods wins the Masters. Can't rule him out, that's for sure. Yeah, can't rule Never. him out. Never. You can he wheel him in. in a wheelchair. But you <laughs> can't like rule him out. Him. <laughs> all right, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Brendan, as always, and we're going to hit you with another episode of Good Lies Golf next week. Thanks for listening in. And cheers. Thanks, boys. Yeah, dude. I appreciate you coming on, man. It was great meeting you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This has been a pleasure. You know, Absolutely. Gotta do this more often. Hell yeah. Always down. That's for sure. <laughs>